Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 185, which we're recording on Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we do have Nani here in the background again. She's She likes her adoring audience. I think that's all we can say. <laughs> what are you wearing today, Charlene? I am wearing my washed out shawl, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. It's a triangular shawl with garter stripes. And a very a big lace edging. When I say I say big because it takes up most of a fingering white skein. So it's a it's quite a hefty edging that's done in lace. And the shawl has three colors. It goes from dark to light, hence the name washed out, because you start with the darkest and you knit if you follow her color scheme you go from the darkest to the lightest i'm sure there are shawls where people have done the opposite Mm -hmm. and they probably look fantastic too so three colors i used a dark blue gray going into a speckly blue gray and ending in a color that's a neutral that has speckles of blue purple pink orange a little yellow in there can't remember what this color is called. Grace Notes. Yes, I've been seeing this color in a lot of projects on Ravelry, so it seems to be a popular color. It's a Madeline Tosh color. Yeah, and mine is knit in a single ply, so in Madeline Tosh, that's their Tosh Merino Light, which is a fingering white yarn. I also used one skein of Hedgehog Fibers Skinny Singles and one skein of Dragonfly Fibers pixie and it's so pretty yeah i love this one so that is washed out by holy locatelli what are you wearing gail i'm also wearing neckwear today i'm wearing my <laughs> lily pilly shawl slash wrap by oh, amba o'brien okay. and i knit this in 2016 it is also a three color design it's beautiful i haven't seen you wear that in a while i know because i haven't <laughs> but i was looking for something colorful and happy today and this totally fits the bill it's designed for fingering weight but i knit mine in lace weight i did madeline tosh lace which is discontinued and i used coquette which is a beautiful pink i used warm maize which is a beautiful yellowy orange and i used a dark gray called leopard And the stripes are in the pink and orange, and the lace sections are in the gray leopard. And it's really, really pretty. And it's so light and airy because it's knit in lace weight yarn. And I remember when I knit it, the lace gave me fits because it's knit on the bias. And for those of you who are lace knitters who like to use markers between your lace repeats, which I do... When you're knitting on the bias, those markers move, and oh. then you're adding <laughs> stitches and, you know, deleting, removing, <laughs> decreasing <laughs> stitches on the other side. You are deleting. Bias. You're deleting. <laughs> and it results in a more challenging lace knitting project yes. than usual. So other people had different ideas of how to better track the lace repeats but in the end it's just a beautiful piece and I just wear it folded in half and then I tuck the ends through the loop made when it's folded in half and it's just so light and airy and nice to wear and 
I love it. Yeah, it's That's gorgeous. Lily Pilly by Amber O'Brien. What have you been stalking recently? Well, I decided to go through my queue and pick out a couple of things that I have never talked about. Ooh, so you were stalking your queue. I love I that. I was. And the reason that I decided to do this is because I have had one particular sweater called Beckett in my queue and that sweater has been in my queue off and on for at least a year i would decide yes i want to knit it and then it would go back into the queue and then i would change my mind and it would go out of the queue and then i would come across it again at some point and decide hey why is that sweater not in my queue anymore and then i would add it back to my queue so the sweater came out in July of 2016, and I happened to show this sweater to Gail last week sometime, and she, she said, you've never mentioned that on the podcast. <laughs> I've never heard that sweater name before. Yes, you've been, so I've been hiding things from me. <laughs> so I've decided that I should go back and look at some things that are in my queue that maybe I haven't mentioned before, because of course they're there, because I stock far more than I actually remember to talk about yeah. on the podcast. There, there are stocking moments where you kind of forget. But anyway, this is a sweater named Beckett. It is by Marie Green. She is the designer who wrote the pattern Beekeeper Cardigan that I knit several months ago, which I really liked. I loved, loved knitting that one. I really like the sweater. And this one is a pullover, and it is knit in a light fingering. And I think the reason that I originally found this sweater is because it is knit in a light fingering with the fiber composition of 55 wool, 45 cotton, which is the same as the Coast yarn that I happen to have quite a bit of in my stash. <laughs> So it's a very lightweight pullover. It's going to be a very light layer, which is perfect for me to wear most of the year here. It's a raglan sleeve, three-quarter sleeve, knit top down. It's got, I guess it's a crew neck. Maybe a, it's not quite a boat neck and it's not quite a top tight fitting crew neck so it falls somewhere in between but the really there are some really nice details on this sweater I particularly like the way the side of the pullover has a really nicely designed faux side seam and then how that carries over to finish the split hem so that the back is just a little bit longer than the front. Just a little bit. The front and the back are not too different in length, but just enough to give it a little finish. Makes the back look very finished. So it's very nice. It's very simple. It's not one of the large oversized sweaters that I have been making a lot of for the past year. This one is a little more fitted. She recommends two to three inches of ease. So it's going to take less yarn. So I do have some yarn quantities 
that this would work really well for. Excellent. Yeah. So again, that is Beckett by Marie Green. The second thing that I have been stocking is a couple of fun patterns I was reminded of because I was going through a lot of my mom's patterns this past week and I came across and her piles of patterns. She had a stack of patterns for knitted bracelets. Mm. And it made me made me remember that, oh, these are really fun to make mm-hmm. and really cool. And there's one that I actually talked about. I looked it up. I talked about this pattern way back in episode 28 because I thought it was such a cool little pattern. And I did make one at the time. And I'm going to dig mine up and wear it or maybe I'll make another one. It's called the Rustic I-Cord Wrap Bracelet and it's by Elizabeth Murphy and it's basically a very long I-Cord with a, I think she does a loop at one end and then you can find a show piece button, a very special button and that's how the ends are clasped together. And then you make the I-cord itself is very long so that you can wrap it four or five times around your wrist, which is pretty cool. But it's really neat if you find that one special button that you want to showcase and you don't know what to use it on, you can make this fun little bracelet. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I really like it. And it's a cool pattern if you have kids maybe that are learning to make I-cord and you don't know what to do with the miles and miles of I-cord that kids can generate. (laughs) Oh, you've been finger knitting. Yeah, I wondered about finger knitting. Finger knitting might be too open for it, but it's certainly something to try. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So again, this is Rustic I-cord Wrap Bracelet by Elizabeth Murphy. And then the second bracelet that I found could actually be a necklace or a bracelet. It's called the Beaded Necklace and Wrap Bracelet by Church Mouse Yarns and Tees. And we talked about this one, well, we talked about making bracelets like this many years ago because they're crochet Mm -hmm. and they're made out of This one is made out of a silk yarn, I guess, but it's very, very thin yarn. It's almost like a thread. It's a silk thread by Habu Textiles. But you and I found some crochet thread, I believe, at Stitches. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about making these. And I still have the crochet thread, and now maybe I'll be re-energized to make them because you crochet the thread or the very thin yarn and you crochet beads into it at regular intervals on a chain. So you've got a chain with beads at regular intervals, say every four or five chains, whatever you prefer, and you make it long, 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 and you can wrap it around your neck twice, and then you can scrunch, wrap it around your wrist and kind of scrunch it all together to have a a thicker multiple wrap bracelet 
Very cool. Yeah, we had one year at Stitches, one of our listeners gave us each yes, one of those. Judith. Yeah, I remember that's right. that. <laughs> yeah. And I have made one of those myself with random beads from when the kids and I did a lot of beading. Oh, okay. I did a okay. black yeah. thread yeah. with all these different color beads. Nice. On it. And it's really fun yeah, to do. It is Super really fun. Easy. Super easy. And the effect is so cool. Yep. And it looks great. In fact, I still wear the one that Judith gave us, even though it was several years ago. And I think I'm going to dig it out and make sure that I wear it to stitches this year because yeah, it idea. looks so cool. Yeah. It, it looks a They're lot fun. more festive and complicated than it is to crochet because it's just a chain. Yeah. I think mine, I probably did mine. I probably spent more time picking out the beads than I did actually crocheting the bracelet. Yeah. 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 Very fun. So that's a free pattern on Ravelry by Church Mouse Yarns and Tea. So those are the things that I am stocking. What are you stocking, Gail? Well, you know how every once in a while you just have the category you're stocking? Yes. This week was fringe. I don't know what bit me. Well, actually, I'm going to blame this on Tori. Tori Darling, one of our listeners, and she's been commenting in the threads recently. She just finished a shawl. I think she finished the knitting in October but just finished, finished the shawl because she had to add fringe. Mm. And most of us, we like the way fringe looks, but we're not really interested in going through the trouble of doing it. Fringing. (laughs) Exactly. So I've been stocking some fringe patterns. One of them I've mentioned recently on the podcast, and that was Saturate by Mara Catherine Briner, which is a beautiful fade, a half pie, I want to call it, more than a crescent with beautiful long fringe all along the bottom a lot of if you look in Ravelry and look up shawls with the design element of fringe sometimes it's little bits of thin fringe versus fringe all the way across (laughs) and I want fringe all the way across so that's a candidate but I don't really care for the shape as much and I could probably try to figure out a way to change the shape but I'm kind of waffling because of the shape And the second one I really like is called the Chevron Fringe Shawl by Suzanne Summers, who is very popular with her wraps and shrugs and things like that. And this is also kind of a fade. It looks like, well, I know for sure it's knit end to end, Mm -hmm. but it looks like you're changing colors every other row. So you're striping and then you change one of the stripe colors and then you knit those two for a while, change one of the stripes. So it's kind of like a fade striped shawl. It's not really starkly striped or very subtly faded. I'm not describing it very well. It's kind of a mix between the two. But I'm thinking based on the description of the pattern that you somehow cut your yarn before each row so you end oh. up doing the fringe as you're knitting. That so would maybe, be nice. Yeah. So maybe at the end, you might just have to trim it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I really dislike knitting end-to-end shawls. They're not my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if it means you're knitting the fringe as you go, I might have to consider yeah. it. So, And it's a really beautiful shawl. I love, you know, you and I always love the chevron-like mm-hmm. things. And it's not really in your face. It's kind of more subtle. And I don't know, I really like that one. So Chevron Fringe Shawl by Suzanne Summers is probably the one I'll pick. And then a couple other things I was stocking, mostly thanks to our 
self-indulgent knit-along that's happening yes. right now. <laughs> the Ranunculus Sweater by Midori Hiroshi. That Deborah, our friend Deborah, who is Goldie Girl, just finished hers. And it's so, so, so pretty. She held a strand of lace weight that was alpaca silk doubled with a light fingering and the pattern calls for light fingering but she held these two doubled to give it a little halo Mm -hmm. and they're pink and it's beautiful and the sweater itself is a top-down yoked sweater and the yoke is lace so it's all one color and it's just beautiful it's slightly oversized gorgeous so thank you deborah thanks to you i may have to (laughs) knit that sweater as well it did go immediately into my queue even though I'm not quite sure what yarn I would use, but who knows? I have a lot to choose from, and we are going to stitches in just a few weeks, so anything's possible. That one again, Ranunculus by Midori Hiroshi. And I'm going to grumble. My rotten nephew, he's not really rotten. He's usually wonderful. But right now he's rotten because... He texted me a few weeks ago and said, will you please do me a favor? And I'm one of those dumb people who (laughs) says yes before I find out what the favor is. And he wants me to knit a hat for his boss and his boss's wife. My mom knit Daniel and his partner hats for Christmas and sent them out to Washington. My cousin, my nephew recently moved from here in California to Washington, D.C., And so it's very cold, his first experience with real cold. So she sent them hats and his boss really likes his hat. So Daniel said, will you knit them hats? And I'm thinking, oh, you dummy, why did you say yes? So I'm going to... Hats are easy. I know they're easy, but I don't want to knit a hat right now. And I don't want to knit two hats right now. He wants a ponytail hat for the boss's wife and... Yeah, so I'm going to be doing gift knitting that doesn't have anything to do with me because I love my little nephew so much. So I've been looking at hat patterns, and I will decide on probably the simplest one I can find for... I have never knit a ponytail hat, so that I'll be looking for new patterns yeah. for. I know Tracy from Two Knit Lit Chicks recently knit the same ponytail hat twice, so I'm going to go look mm-hmm. up that pattern. And yeah, so I'm stocking some hat patterns right now, <laughs> thanks to Daniel. But the other stocking, thanks to our self-indulgent knit-along, has been fun. And update on that, when I checked this morning, 70 finished projects already. And we still have until March 19th or something like that. Don't quote me on the date because I always (laughs) forget the date. But yeah, we already have 70 finished projects. So wow, you guys. I'm super impressed. We would like to thank Western Sky Knits for sponsoring this episode. Western Sky Knits, we are the place for uniquely dyed yarns and fibers dyed in the big sky country of Montana. Here at Western Sky Knits, you'll find brightly dyed skeins, speckles, tonals and solids, soft neutrals, and even subtly striping multicolored skeins. The palettes are always changing and we strive to pick quality yarn bases that you will want to knit. We will be at Stitches West in Santa Clara this month, February 21st through the 24th. Visit us in booths 712 and 811 to be inspired. We'll have lots of new samples to see, new colorways, and for the first time we are bringing Merino 17, a super soft 17 count micron superwash Merino base in DK white. 
the 17-micron Count Marino has to be squished to be believed. Have you been looking for a hand-dyed tweed base? We'll have our unique hand-dyed tweeds as well. Be sure to look for us on the show floor. Western Sky Knits is a family-owned small business located on a fourth and fifth generation owned cattle ranch. Through Fiber Arts, we celebrate the heritage and the colors of ranching in Montana. If you can't visit us at Stitches West, you can visit us online at wsknits.com. And I'm so happy to hear that she has a new DK base and tweed at Stitches. Yes, we have looked for tweed before. We have, and it was not easy to find last year, so I'm very excited. So I'm excited to see that as well. I've seen it online, and it looks beautiful, and can't wait to see it in person. I can't wait to see Kim in person and Heather in person especially, (laughs) but I will be shopping for DK because I want to make the Wee Malia pattern by Yasolda Teague for Olivia. And that's on my list. I own the pattern already, and I'm planning to buy yarn for it at Stitches. And I want to get a burgundy type color. So hopefully Kim will have. Very nice. Yeah, well, I'm in love with her wine color. I've knit yeah. it for everybody. So yeah. might as well knit it for Olivia too. And I've said it before, but every year Kim is one of the dyers that her booth looks substantially different every year. She manages while bringing in the same kinds of yarns and a lot of the same colors that you'll see from year to year. She has a lot of new colors and often new ways of dyeing that she brings with her. And it's constantly changing. And as I've known her as a dyer over several years, I have definitely seen her change and grow in her dyeing style. So Absolutely. that's really yeah, cool. Very true. Really, Joyce really cool. has her standard colors like patina, which someday I'm going to buy. Yes. Things <laughs> like that. But she does always have new colors yeah. that just every year I'm like, how yeah. does she do it again? Every year she does it again. <laughs> I love it. So Gail and I will be helping with setup. If you will be at Stitches on Thursday night, you'll probably be able to see us there. Yep. And that's kind of our home base at Stitches too. So that's probably the most likely place to see us at any given time. We always rendezvous back there. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. So what have you been knitting? In my hands, I am on the very last joining triangle of my fading point shawl by Hobie Locatelli. <laughs> like literally, she'll be done today. Now, the fading point, if you don't recall, is... The extremely large rectangular (laughs) shawl. I say extremely large because it does take five skeins of fingering weight yarn. I am using a single ply that I bought as a set put together by Neighborhood Fiber Company. And it fades from a dark gray with speckles of pink to a neutral with speckles of pink goes through shades of gray but they all continue to be speckled and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous it's phenomenal (laughs) and you work on well there's two exact sides that are the same so you can knit side a and then knit side b in one after the other or you can do what i did and knit Part of side A, part of side B, part of side A, part of side B. I don't know why I decided to do it that way, but I did. And 
then once you have the two sides finished, there are joining sections to join the two sides. And I'm on the second joining section, so I'm positioned well at this point to have the shawl finished for stitches. Oh, it's a given. That's still my goal. <laughs> still my goal. I'm going to try to get this one done. And I'm not sure how I'm going to block it because it's huge. I may have to block it folded. I don't think that I will need to stretch it in any way to get it to size, but I may need to stretch it a little bit just to get the lace showing as much as I want it to show and just to get it to lay flat because I'm not sure how the joining sections are going to work. When I hold it up, it looks pretty rectangular, but we'll see. I want to make sure. I blocked mine over the picnic table in the backyard and, and it was dropping off both sides mm. of the table yeah. because it was so long, yeah. but I did get the center part yeah. on the table. Yeah. For that very yeah. reason. I may block it part way and then end up tossing it in the dryer to finish it just to tighten it up. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> That would make sense. It's superwash yarn, so I can do that, but it's a single ply, so I don't want to toss it too much, but I wouldn't mind having it snugged up a little bit, so we'll see. So that was Fading Point by Hohi Locatelli. Second thing on my needles is the O'Keefe Pullover by Bristol Ivy. This one is a pullover sweater with little inset panels on the sides, and I haven't worked on this one. <laughs> I think I've picked it up maybe twice since we last recorded and only just very briefly. I think I looked at the pattern, tried to figure out where I was, that kind of thing, and decided that I was not going to be in a place where I could work on it. So I worked on some easy knit projects instead. So those two things. I need to get a an easy to knit pattern on the needles again so I have some more choices. Because yeah. <laughs> I need more choices. So that will be, I'll be doing that soon. What are you knitting, Gail? In my hands is my Vigeant by Martina Beam, which I've been knitting since last June. And it's growing a lot. It's very big now. And I think I'm pretty close to the point where I'll start the lace mesh edging. She says to, I think, save 40% of your yarn for that. But I don't want this one to be as long as my first Fiagent. So I will probably start, I will certainly start the lace edging sooner than I did for my last one. So it's coming along nicely. Madeline Tosh, Tosh Lace in the Venetian colorway, which just makes me so happy. And it's stockinette round and round and round and round and round knitting. So it's very easy. The other two projects are new cast-ons since we last recorded our What Are You Knitting and Stocking because our last episode was our Academy Awards where we didn't <laughs> talk about this. So in the last episode where we did discuss it, I think I was waffling between the Autumn Square pullover mm -hmm. by Hinternstein and Cleo, which would be my second Cleo by Elizabeth Doherty. Well, I went home that day and cast on an entirely different sweater. <laughs> As we do. As we do. <laughs> I was looking through my queue and all of a sudden decided that what I really wanted to knit was Zweig or Zweig, not sure how you pronounce it, by Caitlin Hunter. 
And I had purchased on the Black Friday sale last year from Madeline Tosh. I purchased some of her Twist Light Base, which is a fingering weight yarn. And Charlene has knit with Twist Light before, but I had never knit with this base. So I purchased a sweater quantity in the colorway Stormborn, which is neutral, very, very pale, creamish color, almost white, with speckles of primarily blues and some blacks and a little tiny bit of gold. I had intended to use that for Floozy, which is a pattern by Libby, who is truly Myrtle, Libby Johnston, I think. And I just decided I would rather have a pullover than a cardigan. So I decided, okay, I want to use this yarn now. So I'm going to start Zwig. And I have a beautiful skein of candy skein fingering in Midnight Moose, which is a brilliant blue that is perfect for one of the shades of the blue of the speckles in Stormborn. So my Zwig is main color Stormborn and the lace yoke is in the Midnight Moose blue and it's stunning. It is is. so pretty. It's another one of those like, wow, I came up with this combination. (laughs) Wow. How did I do that? And I swatched the, that day we recorded, I cast on, and I've knit it pretty quickly. But now it's a top-down yoked sweater, fingering weight, like I said, and it's a very simple knit. The lace section took me a while in the yoke because you're doing some increases and you have to keep track of your rows and things, but it was simple lace. And then after the lace, you separate for sleeves pretty quickly, and then it's just stockinette straight down. There's no shaping. And it ends in some ribbing. But what I decided to do is to do a split hem instead of just ribbing in the round. So my back will be slightly longer than my front. Mm-hmm. And I've finished the front. I'm going to start the ribbing on the back. But I decided I wanted to do the sleeves before I bind off the front or the back so that I can see it on yeah. before that's, I decide for sure good. the length. Good plan. So I picked up and started a sleeve and got 20 rounds into my sleeve and lost interest because it's a sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) Another, as we do. As we do, especially (laughs) as I do. The one big modification that I did make on this sweater, if you look at the projects and the pattern on Ravelry, there's a texture stitch to the entire body and sleeves. And I did not do the texture. I just did straight up stockinette because we saw a woman in the Swift Stitch one day who was wearing this sweater, mm-hmm. and hers was just plain, and I loved it. Yeah, I liked it. Too. It was beautiful. So mine has a little bit more ease because the texture stitch would pull the sweater in a little bit. So mm-hmm. my sleeves are going to be slightly bigger too, so I'm trying it on much more frequently than I normally would when knitting a sweater. So I had to take it off the needle, put it on waist yarn to try it on, and then I stalled out. So... That will be back in rotation very soon, and I'm loving it. Great pattern, like always. Although, you know one thing I noticed, and I'm surprised I didn't notice it before. She doesn't put schematics on her patterns. Oh, I don't like that. I was, for this one especially, I was really disappointed because the other sweaters are such positive ease that it's not really as relevant but with this one, I really wanted to know the diameter of the upper sleeve, yeah. which normally you would see a schematic that would tell you mm-hmm. inches across or whatever. It's a reasonable request for yeah. 
someone knitting a pattern, I think. Exactly. So that was a little bit of a bummer. I can't believe I didn't notice it before. Or perhaps she does have schematics in her other patterns, and I've only noticed it because in this case I was actually looking for it. Hmm. But that was one tiny thumbs down on the pattern. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I cast on that's just about the same day was another Bits and Bobs blanket, the pattern by KF Jones that I knit last year. I knit a crib-sized or baby seat-sized version for Olivia. And right after she was born, so I think the very next day or the day she was born, I cast on another one. And this one (laughs) is much larger. I am using a sweater quantity that I've had in stash for at least five years of Neighborhood Fiber Company, Rustic Fingering, which is their single-ply fingering, in the Charles Center colorway, which is their light, beautiful, tonal gray. That is my main color that I'm carrying throughout. And I'm using big partial skeins that are left over from other Olivia projects, where there wasn't just a little bit of yarn, there was like half of a skein, maybe more, so pretty big quantities of yarn. This one's 30 inches across, and it's going to be about 42 to 48 inches long, depending, you know, it's going to stretch and mm-hmm. things like that. So we'll see how long it actually ends up being. But it's so much fun to knit. I'm enjoying it so much. Again, that's a fisherman's rib pattern. And the way it's knit is you hold together two strands of fingering weight. I'm using one color for the whole background, or you could vary that if you wanted to. And then the idea is the second strand of yarn is just bits and bobs of things that you have left over. Usually things like mini skeins or much smaller partial skeins. But in my case, my stripes are very wide because I have bigger partial skeins. So I'm alternating between like a pale speckle that I've used in one of her projects and then burgundy another pale speckle or something, and burgundy. So it's very color block striped, and it just looks beautiful. I'm really in love with it. And it's so snuggly and cushy. Right now it's almost two-thirds of the way done. I'm almost done with the second of the three skeins of the Neighborhood Fiber Company, so I can wear it as a blanket as I'm knitting it. So it's fun to knit, too, and it's just great. I'm enjoying it a lot. So that's the Bits and Bobs Blanket by Kay Jones. And that was one of my... Patterns of the year last year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What have you finished? I've finished two things. I've actually, well, the first one I actually started and finished since we talked about our projects, which is actually two episodes ago, like Gail mentioned. Yes. So one of them is just a basic hat that I knit at a fingering weight. I knit this for myself. It's just a little sleep cap. Because sometimes, as people with curly hair know, sometimes if you need to put a cap on to keep your curls together or you end up with total frizz head. So so in order to not end up looking like total frizz head, sometimes I do wear a sleep cap. And this one, I knit it out of fingering weight and... It's just an easy yarn over, knit two together pattern that I made up in my head as I knit along. Very simple, and I finished off the hat with a 
I don't even know what you call it, where you do the seam in the shape of an X or a plus sign. Okay. So it's like four little seams coming together. A lot of commercial hats are finished mm-hmm, that way. Mm-hmm. So I did mine like that. Basic hat. That's the first thing. The second thing I finished is I finally finished my Volgig cowl. Yay! Which is a pattern by Martina Bain. And I knit, let's see, I started this a while ago, back in November. So it was my carry around project because as many of you know, it has, it, the, the, pat, the cowl is knit with the same pattern stitch, the same pattern line, just repeated over and over again. It knits on the bias, so at each end of the round, you're increasing or decreasing to create this biased fabric. And it's the same, same stitch, all or the same, same pattern of stitches all the way around. It's a free pattern available on Nitty.com, and there's a pointer to it from Ravelry if you look up Volkig by Martina Beam. I used a Merino Yak blend yarn, which Gail and I both have had in stash for years and years and years. It's a lace weight yarn, so mine is really light. And once I put it on, I was so stunned by how nice that yak felt, and I couldn't believe that I had waited years and years and years to knit something with this yarn. <laughs> no, I wanted it right away. <laughs> oh, no, I'm missing out. It's quite nice. Quite nice. I think I've knit other things with yak before, but I've always given them away. So this is the first thing that I made for myself. Very nice. So that was Volkig by Martina Beam. And those are the only two things that I have finished. How about you, Gail? I finished two things as well. One of them was also a hat. I finished the Sparkling Cider Hat by Vine, And I talked about this on the second to last podcast. It is knit with two strands of yarn held double-hold, a mohair silk blend, and a fingering weight. And I used Rowan Kid Silk Haze in a very bright pink, which I've had in stash maybe longer than any other yarn that I still have (laughs) not knit up. And I held that doubled with Hazel Knits Artisan Sock in the colorway Bloom. And it's really, really, really pretty. I did use beads. It's a beaded hat if you choose. It has a little lace pattern that looks like little trees and then you put a bead at the top of each tree and my beads are really subtle so you kind of have to look hard to see them unless you're in light where they might glint off of the light but they're also kind of buried in the Rowan Kid Silk Haze halo but it's beautiful I love it I haven't worn it yet because I still haven't sewn my pom-pom on the top I ordered some pom-poms from Barrett Wool Company the type that have a snap. So you actually Mm -hmm. sew the snap to your hat and then the pom-pom snaps on and off so you can wash the hat without destroying the pom-pom. Very great idea. And Max and I were having a debate. I have one that's black and one that's gray. And he told me they both look hideous with the hat. So I brought it to Charlene and asked Charlene's opinion. And Charlene said, no, the gray one looks good. So 
Max is going to just scowl every time he sees me wear my hat with the gray pom-pom on the pink hat. But I think they're really great together. So <laughs> there you go. So that was the Sparkling Cider Hat by Vollenwein. And the second thing I finished was my throwback sweater by Andrea Mowry. Top-down cardigan with color work in the yoke, knit in a worsted weight. And I used Neighborhood Fiber Company's Studio Worsted in their Cooper Circle colorway, which is a deep, deep red. And it's tonal and beautiful. The colorway is just stunning. And I used three other colorways for the color work. I used a Sincere Sheep Eureka Worsted in bare natural i used candy skein juicy or worsted juicy worsted in honey and i used madeline tosh vintage in posy beautiful sweater i love how heavy it is generally speaking i'm not a big fan of worsted weight sweaters when the yarn is heavy because they weigh you down but this one just feels so good it's knit with a fair amount of positive ease and the button what did i do differently i think i made my button bands a little bit wider and i did put button holes mm -hmm. because it doesn't actually call for putting buttons on it so you don't knit button holes but i wanted to be able to close it if i chose so i need to go button shopping still but the sweater's gorgeous i love it as written the pattern the sleeves are incredibly long which is by design, but I easily could have shaved at least two inches off of each sleeve and still <laughs> folded the cuffs over oh, and wow. have them be oversized. Yeah, very long sleeves, but otherwise in love with it. And I think Jocelyn asked me to talk about the three color oh, right. rounds in the yeah. yoke and the fact that you are knitting color work flat. So you knit one row, you purl one row, you knit one row, you purl one row, which for me was kind of a mind blower because for me, I've only ever knit color round in the round. So the thought of purling with color work was kind of foreign, but I don't know why. It's just like knitting, only you're purling. It was a no brainer, but mm -hmm. kind of Once you shook. Yeah. yeah. So there are a few rows with three colors, not very many. And you know, from other projects that I've knit and abandoned that I'm not a big fan of three colors in a round because there's a lot of yarn management mm -hmm. that has yeah. to be done. And in previous projects, I was using single ply fingering, which gets tangled much more easily than worsted weight plied yarn, which is what I was using. So the tangling and yarn management was not difficult. It oh, wasn't an good. issue ever. <laughs> and again, there are only... I want to say maybe six rounds or rows in this case that have three colors. So it's not overwhelming. And the pearl back rows are just as easy to do as the knit rows in multiple colors. I had no issues whatsoever. So easy, easy pattern because the color work is simple and it's in worsted weight. So you don't have that many stitches because the other projects that I did were also fingering weight. So there were a lot more stitches in the yoke than there were for this one also making it more challenging and mm -hmm. easier to tangle your yarn. So if you're interested in trying a color work sweater, this is a really good one. Most of the sweater is just straight up stockinette. So mm -hmm. it's really not a difficult sweater to knit at all. And some interesting design elements for the neckband. She has you pick up from the right side so that 
or is it the wrong side? She opposite of what you would normally do. So you get a bump right along the public facing side of your sweater where you pick up your neckband. So it's just a nice little twist. I really like it. That's the same technique that Elizabeth used, I think on Archer maybe, Mm. or another one, or I'm not sure which one, maybe it was Latitude. So you get a little bump Mm -hmm. where you've picked up your stitches and it's just a nice twist. So that is the throwback cardigan by Andrea Mowry. I really enjoyed it. And I just want to add, if you haven't heard our chat with Andrea Mowry, we chat with her back in episode 144. So I'll put a link in the show notes. If you haven't heard that, you can go back and listen to that. And she is lovely. She is. Absolutely lovely. She is. If you don't follow her on Instagram, she's also fun to follow. She just seems like such a down-to-earth person. And her newsletter is charming, too. Yes. I receive her newsletter, and it's yes. one that I look forward to reading. So we would like to thank Acreworks for sending along a couple of little goodies for us to review and share with you on the podcast. The first one is their fairly new knitting toolkit. It's a little notion notion box slash caddy that fits it fits in your hand. I wouldn't say the palm of your hand because it's not quite that small, but I can put my fingers around it. Yeah, it's a hand about four inches across. Yeah, maybe? yeah. How about my iPhone? It's not <laughs> as far across as my iPhone. Yeah, and the base of this fits onto one of the AcreWorks swatch gauge tools. If you've ever seen those, they're really cool. These are. How many inches across? Probably four is across. It four across? Yeah. It is four across. A standard gauge so that's swatch about the size. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than four inches across. So the, the cover of this little caddy is actually a gauge tool. Yeah, it's really cool. The gauge <laughs> tool, if you've never seen it, they're hard plastic and they have little rubber feet on the four edges. And you just set that down directly on top of your swatch and they have clear spaces lengthwise and so horizontally and vertically so you can count your stitches in between to see how many stitches and then your rows so it's a really cool little tool i love mine it's actually not rubber feet they're little grippy feet oh yeah okay there we go they're grippy grippy. so that you're they really dig into your swatch so that you're getting plastic teeth yeah there you go like plastic (laughs) teeth so you're getting a really accurate measurement and i've had mine for over a year now and i use it very regularly and I really love it and then that fits on top of the round base which has all sorts of cool little things in it yeah so in this little knitting toolkit like Gail said you start out with the first layer layer which is the swatching tool you lift that off and then inside there are little compartments one of which is taken up with a tape measure that you can pull out and use. You can take the tape measure out or you can leave the tape measure in actually and you can still and use measure it. from, yeah. There's a it. tiny, sweet, dear little pair of scissors. Little snips. And the metal. thing, metal. And the thing I have to say about these scissors is that they are quality scissors. Everything and about that these means is quality. a lot to me because so many knitting toolkits skimp on the scissors Mm -hmm. and they put scissors that you pull them out and they won't even 
cut your yarn without Mm -hmm. sitting there and hacking away at it. And ultimately you think it'd be easier to break it. Exactly. (laughs) Or they, the snips themselves break or yeah. Yes. But these these are incredibly nice quality. Are really quality scissors. And that probably is one of the things that impressed me the most. And they're so darn cute. I love quality scissors. I have to have quality scissors. So one of the four compartments, second compartment, scissors. And on the scissor compartment, there's actually two little side pockets, two very teeny wee little side pockets. And the scissors pockets. clip in. So yes. they have a space yes. custom sized for them. So they just they sat act, in there they and they don't fall out. They're magnets, right? magnetized. And I was going to mention the whole magnet feature afterwards. But I'll mention it now that the scissors are magnetized. And then in the two remaining pockets, one of them has darning needles. And one of them has little metal removable stitch markers, the little safety pin style stitch marker. And the magnets hold all those metal tools in place. So when you inevitably drop yours and it flips (laughs) over upside down... Nothing falls out. It doesn't fall out. It's very cool. Very thoughtfully done, I well, feel. The other thing you haven't mentioned, so it's a circular caddy, and around the edges are needle measurement. Yes, a needle sizer. Yeah, needle sizers. Needle gauge or sizer. So you needle slide your needle in tool. to see what size needle you have. Very cool. Very cool. And that goes from triple zero US to size 15 US and the US size is written along each little slot for needles as well as the metric size. So you've got both to reference when you are looking at your pattern or your needle. Very handy. And the other thing that I was noticing, oh, it's got this little hole here little hole along the edge that on the on the website I saw it said that you can put a lanyard through there. Oh yeah. So I don't know if I would actually wear it because it's it's a little big for me. But I would certainly put a lanyard in there so that you could put it in your bag and pull it out yeah. by the lanyard. Or a carabiner to attach yes. it to a knitting bag. Yes. Yeah. Or one of those little this is just me. I might put one of those little charms on it too. Oh yeah, that'd so, be cute. That <laughs> just be to cute. personalize it mm-hmm. so that you could tell mine from everybody else's. Exactly. <laughs> Personalizing it. But it's a very handy, well thought out toolkit. High quality toolkit. Very kit high too. quality yeah. toolkit. I really believe that all of the small pieces that are in it are things that individually I would use and together it's a bonus. Yep. I really like this and I don't usually like toolkits that somebody else puts together for me. I'm the same way. (laughs) Very seldom will I actually say, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. This is something I would buy someone as a gift. Yes. But the all the parts of this equal something very nice. Very very happy with this one. So that is the knitting toolkit by Acreworks. The second thing we wanted to talk about from Acreworks is called their flat pack 
Yarn, Caddy, Butterfly, Kate, Kit. Two pieces to this. You can buy each piece separately as well. First piece is a Butterfly Kate. And if you spin, you know that a Kate is used to hold your singles when you're plying. The Butterfly Kate is a single bobbin holder. The one that we got, I think, is maybe the hard maple, which is the yes. lightest color wood. And I'm sure that it will darken with age, but there are four colors that you can choose from, four woods that you can choose from. I shouldn't say colors because it's natural and the colors will vary. But this butterfly cake can be used two ways. It can be used as a single bobbin cake for spinning or plying. And the, let's see, it can stand up vertical or it can be inclined to tension to tension. It also includes a nifty gadget that they call their Tensi Tamer that you can use to hold the bobbin tightly or not so tightly if you need more tension or less tension. It's, I've used them. I have a regular cape from Acreworks and it's pretty cool. One of the things that I really liked about the butterfly cape, because I am not a spinner, so I didn't know the importance of the cape, but to me, when I looked at it and I saw, oh, this can hold my yarn for me. So you can slide your cake right on top of this shaft and it just works as a yarn holder for you. I usually you let my yarn roll around the floor, yeah. but this is much better. It didn't even dawn on me that you could do that because the second part mm -hmm. of this set is a, let's see, it's a, what it looks like is a bobbin with only one whorl so that the other side is open and you can just slide your yarn cake onto it and then you slide the one-sided bobbin basically onto the cake and you can pull your yarn from that mm -hmm. and use that to knit from. So those of you who aren't spinners and didn't understand a single thing Charlene just said, because I did... I didn't know what any of this meant before I got the tool. It's basically a round disc that has a hole, a pretty good sized hole in the center. And it comes with this shaft that you can mm -hmm. put through the hole and you put your yarn cake on the shaft and then the whole thing spins. When you put it onto the butterfly cake, it spins really beautifully so that you can pull your yarn off as you're knitting. And it's just this glorious yarn dispenser for yeah. you. And yeah. incredibly well made. The bobbin is that what it's called? It looks like it. It looks like a one sided bobbin to me. <laughs> so because their bobbins that they sell for spinning are made the same way. So the bobbin, if you're buying it for spinning, it has two of the plastic discs, one for each end of the shaft. This one just has one, correct? Mm -hmm. That's the That's difference. Correct. So the round part, the bobbin, is hard plastic-like material, mm -hmm. and they have tons of colors. Yeah, Each color pick. has its own geographic design. You can pick any color or any design. And the designs remind me of a spirograph. Yes, you ever they do. A spirograph in they do. Totally reminds do. me of that. And they come in these really cool little mesh bags that have a section just for the shaft so that your shaft doesn't fall out. And that part fits onto the butterfly cape, which is gorgeous hardwood. And the shaft mechanism on this is made of really nice but lightweight metal. I'm gonna tap it. That part's actually plastic maybe, but- the, Yeah, I think that's plastic but because- But this bottom part 
Oh, maybe it is plastic. It almost they feels make like a metal lot because of, it's so hard. They make a lot of the pieces in those printers. Ah, 3D yeah. printers. Yeah. But I was so impressed with how incredibly well made this is. The wood is smooth and beautiful, and it folds open very neatly. And just like their magnetized yarn kit or yarn toolkit, knitting toolkit, there's a magnet on the end of this where you yeah. can put your stitch markers or your darning needles or whatever yeah. tool it might be, and it's not going to go anywhere. And it's a strong magnet, Yeah, too. I tested mine, too. It, yeah, yeah, I thought that things actually stayed in place yeah. there. For example, if it got bumped with the yarn cake, I think things would still stay yeah, in they place wouldn't go on flying. the magnet. Yeah. yeah. So even though I don't spin, so the usefulness of this isn't as great for me, but just as a yarn holder, it's great. But the craftsmanship of these tools is phenomenal yeah i love seeing that if you put the butterfly kate on the floor for example there's tiny little rubber feet feet. to keep it from skidding yep so very thoughtfully made the bobbin part also i was testing mine out and it's probably upside down but if you put it upside down it spins really nicely if you're taking (laughs) your yarn off of it so I thought these were just the coolest things. Yeah, they are. And especially if you're a spinner, the usefulness of them just is far greater, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Oops. Because you can also use the butterfly kate to hold an extra bobbin. If if your lazy kate is full and you need to have another ply that you're trying to add into the mix, you can use this as well. Yeah, and here's a background of what a kate is because I actually looked this up on Wikipedia and looked at pictures and stuff. (laughs) So imagine you have this rectangular piece of wood that has shafts sticking out of it. You put your spun yarn, so each ply that you're trying to turn into yarn, so your spun singles, I guess is what you call them. You put a single on each of these shafts, and then when you ply them together, they all evenly dispense from these shafts. So the kate is the piece that holds all your singles so that when you're applying all those different balls of singles, singles come together, come together. To and so i never i always wondered how that part of it was done <laughs> i thought you know how on earth do you do that so it doesn't get tangled well you put it on a kate and yeah. it's designed so that they don't get tangled yeah. so this is a standalone kate is what it is a single shaft standalone yeah. kate yeah very cool and then the last little goodie that they sent us is something they call maker quotes And what ours say is, knit on with confidence and hope through all crises. Elizabeth Zimmerman. I love that. (laughs) It's a wonderful quote. And these are just burned onto a thin piece of wood. It's a little, you can use it as a desk stand. You can hang it on the wall. You could use it as a refrigerator magnet. Just a little inspirational quote, and they have other inspirational quotes. They have a few with hashtags. They have a few with keywords. I think they had love and some other just keywords. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to focus on a word and you need a reminder, they have um, little quote, little just little plaques with the little yeah. words, and you can put it on your wall or on your desk or on your refrigerator yeah they remind me of a little nameplate that you would put on a door or something but they're beautiful wood and it's just a great quote yeah as were there others so thank you very much to acreworks we had a lot of fun 
playing with these toys and we hope that our listeners will enjoy looking them up. You can look at them on the AcreWorks website, acreworks.com. And one of the knitting toolkits will be one of the self-indulgent knit-along prizes. So look forward to that. (laughs) Thank you very much, AcreWorks. That was a very unexpected and fun surprise. Yes, yes. And do we have any announcements? I already told everyone we have 70 finished objects already for the self-indulgent knit-along with almost two full months still to go. Gail and I will be at Stitches later on this month. If you are there, please look us up. Well, you can look for us, as Gail mentioned, at the Western Sky Knits booth. We will be having a very informal meetup in the hotel lobby bar area on Saturday afternoon from about to one o'clock, two o'clock, probably till five o'clock or so when everybody wants to go back in and make new purchases after we've shared our purchases. <laughs> you come out of the, the chaotic floor of the marketplace to recharge, visit people, eat some food, and then go back in and do it all yeah. over again. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the most fun. So I think that's I think it. it is. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.